Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Washington, D.C. Acknowledge me. Chris Russell on the Team 980. I'm not trying to be a jerk. All right, everybody, good afternoon and welcome aboard on this Thursday, February the 15th. My goodness, halfway through, more than halfway through already, the month of February uh, after Valentine's Day and all of that. Uh, we find ourselves coming to you live for a second week in a row, or at least a second day, two weeks in a row, from Command Land here in Ashburn, Commander's Team Facility. Uh, we are tucked away in the media annex right next to JP and B. Mitch, who I was just chatting with, uh, and uh, we await the official introduction of Cliff Kingsbury, of Joe Witt Jr., uh, don't know if Larry Izzo is going to be a part of this. The commanders already announcing officially their entire coaching staff under uh, Dan Quinn in year number one. And we have the whole list for you. We'll go through a couple of names that hadn't uh, necessarily uh, leaked out or hadn't been known. Uh, some certainly and most certainly you knew already, but some interesting additions, I guess, to um, kind of you know, at least say, hey, they will be part of the staff moving forward uh, as this team obviously radically changes with the hiring of a new assistant general manager yesterday. And pretty much everything, I don't want to say everything is new, uh, because, of course, Martin Mayhew is here. Of course, Marty Herney is here, at least for now. Of course, uh, there are different parts of the scouting staff that haven't been changed and likely won't be changed until after the draft if they get changed quite honestly, at all. We will see. We will see. I mean, I guess that depends on how Adam Peters evaluates them over the next couple of months. Um, and maybe it's that simple, and maybe the decision has already been made, but you wait until, uh, again, uh, you know, May 15th or whatever. Who knows? We will see as things go along. I would say this. Nothing is ever final. Uh, nothing is ever um you know, nothing should ever be written in stone just because it is that way for now. Now, I will tell you that sometimes, as you know, uh, you can reportedly join a coaching staff and then pull out or change your mind or what have you. We've seen a bunch of that, including Cliff Kingsbury, who joined, reportedly, the Las Vegas Raiders situation and organization as their offensive coordinator. Um and then decided to change his mind, apparently, when Magic Johnson called and wiggled him out of Las Vegas to come to Washington. Now, there could have been some contractual reasons and all of that stuff. Couldn't come to contract terms, all of that stuff. Fair. But, again, teams and coaches are constantly changing and constantly shuffling the deck. And until a team officially announces a guy's addition, a coach's addition, just like a player's addition, right, that means they're under contract. And I suppose contracts can still be broken even if it's a new contract, right? Like, for instance, Bill O'Brien left the New England Patriots to become the Ohio State offensive coordinator. And then a month later, or maybe just about a month later, he becomes the Boston College head coach. I highly doubt he didn't sign a contract. 
all that time. I don't know this, but maybe Ohio State just said, okay, you know, like this completely not anticipated. We understand it's a head coaching opportunity back in Boston, so on and so forth. Go ahead with our blessing. But once you sign a contract, generally you're not just going to be let out of a contract. And once a team announces the move via social media or via press release like the commanders did last hour, that means you're under contract. Right. That doesn't mean Adam Schefter's reporting it or Ian Rappaport's reporting it or, you know, some other jabroni is reporting it. That means you're under contract. So the commanders last hour officially announced their entire coaching staff uh, as of, again, right now. Um, don't see any reason why anything would change here. But again, we just always say as of right now, this is different than the scouting staff and the executive staff, which got reshuffled yesterday. And again, we'll see probably some defections, some moves, some whatever after the draft, after the draft and after free agency. That's kind of just the cycle, right? Just like the coaching cycle is January and February. Uh, on a new staff, right? And when a new staff, when a new head coach takes over, you're going to see a lot of different faces and a lot of different names. All right, so let's start with this uh, before we get to where we wanted to go here. And by the way, you will hear uh, from Cliff Kingsbury, Joe Witt Jr., uh, and whoever else is at the podium at 2.30 live, 2.30 live right here on the Team 980. Uh, that's why we're here today, obviously, to bring that to you and uh, to cover the press conference. And we'll see if somebody uh, can stop by depending on time and all that stuff. But here's what you need to know, right? Um, we're not going to go through the entire staff, staff because, again, some of these names you don't know. Some of these names are, quite honestly, not as important as others. So Dan Quinn, of course, being the head coach on offense. Cliff Kingsbury as the offensive coordinator. Here was one that I was interested in and didn't know about until I read the release. David Blau, the former Purdue quarterback not too long ago is now the assistant quarterbacks coach for the Washington Commanders. How about that? I mean, he, again, not too long ago, was at Purdue and was an undrafted free agent in 2019. It is 2024. Let's not make like it was just yesterday. I mean, and he is 28 years old. So, I mean, clearly he understood, right, that his NFL playing tenure was not necessarily going to be there. But it wasn't that long ago, again, that he was carving up, or somewhat carving up, um, you know, college defenses in the Big Ten. So now he's the assistant quarterbacks coach of the Washington Commanders, which, again, I found kind of interesting, right? Now, if you're looking for a connection, if you will, right, uh, I don't think he... so. In Cliff's final year at Arizona, he was a player on that staff. So he doesn't have a lot of connection to Cliff Kingsbury, but clearly Cliff Kingsbury got to know him a little bit as a player. So now he's the assistant quarterbacks coach uh, of this football team, which is interesting uh, and good for him. Obviously wanted to get into coaching, could offer something they feel comfortable with that. Now, the quarterback's coach, as you know, is Tavita Pritchard, who was here and was ironically really the only true, the only true that we know of, the only true addition from outside of Eric the Enemies, right? Because Bobby Ingram, who was brought in as a new wide receivers coach, I think that was more collaborative. Uh, and I'm not saying Tavita Pritchard wasn't, but Tavita Pritchard was associated with Eric Bieniemy, I think, whether that's fair or unfair. And he's staying, of course, as, again, the quarterback's coach. And so is Bobby Ingram, for that matter. He's staying as the wide receiver's coach. Now, maybe that's because they couldn't get somebody else. I don't know. You never know with these situations whether it's, hey, somebody we really, really like and think offers a lot, or we couldn't get the guy that we wanted and so this is the next best option. And again, everybody can have their own opinions and read things a certain way. And that might be the case with Bobby Johnson, who is uh, already in the crosshairs of Commanders fans far and wide. Uh, listen, uh, as we've talked about on the last couple of days, there is more than reason for concern. More than reason for concern. We all understand 
that giving up 85 sacks as an offensive line, or as an offensive unit, I should say, is not a good thing. We all understand that. But we have to. We have to be responsible and have some context. And say, in the NFL, you don't just coach next man up. Like, there's this theory, there's this philosophy that it's always next man up. And yes, it is next man up. But next man up doesn't mean same quality. That does not mean that. And Linnell yesterday is throwing around Bill Callahan. Listen, man, Bill Callahan's the greatest offensive line, one of the greatest offensive line coaches ever, ever, ever. And I know the Cleveland Browns had a ton of losses. I got it. But they've overinvested in their offensive line. Now, the Giants heavily invested in their offensive line in just the last couple of years, right? I mean, Evan Neal was, what, a top seven pick uh, two years ago? John Michael Schmitz was a third, uh, late second round pick, early third round pick, something like that, a year ago. Uh, obviously, Andrew Thomas was a fourth overall pick in 2020. That was before, that was before Bobby uh, Johnson got there, but he helped him develop, right? And those guys missed a ton of games. If you haven't been with us since we found out about the hire, listen, it is more than fair. It is more than fair to question. It is more than fair to wonder. It is more than reasonable to have concerns. But to just look at a number and say, well, that guy sucks, that guy can't coach, is dumb. You get in trouble when you do that, and I'm going to further illustrate that in just a wee little bit, okay? Just stay with me. Anthony Lynn, officially, as we found out yesterday, run game coordinator and running backs. We told you he wasn't going to be the assistant head coach, uh, but he was publicly identified as the run game coordinator. He's also the running backs coach, as we mentioned uh, yesterday. Brian Johnson, now assistant head coach. This is the former Philadelphia Eagles offensive coordinator just last year. He gets the assistant head coaching title and offensive pass game coordinator. So that's a little bit different than what we were thinking because it was originally reported as he would just be, uh, and uh, I think the position was unknown, but many thought he would be the pass game coordinator but instead he is the one that gets the assistant head coaching title not an Anthony Lynn uh, not you know uh, Cliff Kingsbury I guess or, or whoever um, Shane Taub was here he is uh, the assistant off uh, I should say the offensive quality control I think he was here uh, last year they added Darnell Stapleton uh, a former offensive lineman he's the assistant offensive line coach uh, and pretty much that's it in terms of the names that you might recognize or uh, understand now on defense of course you know Joe Witt Jr. comes over from uh, Dallas Tommy Donatel was kind of a name thrown into the mix he is going to be the defensive backs coach. We didn't know about him until yesterday, right? This is Ed Donatel's son. Uh, this is a guy, football family, right, that's been in the game for a long, long time. And at, at first when I saw Donatel, I was like, oh, wait, they hired uh, – that's the wrong name. I'm, uh, I, I didn't realize his son was in coaching. So he is a part of this staff. Now, the name that jumped out to me when they put out the official release – uh, today is um, William Gay, longtime NFL corner, played with the Steelers, played with a couple of other teams. I think that's an interesting one. He gets the assistant defensive backs job. Uh, so we talked about Daryl Tapp yesterday. We talked about Jason Simmons. We talked about John Pagano. We talked about Ken Norton Jr. This staff as a whole, okay, what I like about it, what I like about it is, first of all, they've got pretty much assistants that you can identify at every position, right? So it's not just one guy. It's assistants at pretty much every position, which is pretty normal. Uh, but also, again, different backgrounds. Um, it is not an overly Dallas Cowboy, San Francisco 49er, former Atlanta Falcons staff, right? That does bring up that does bring up a very, very, very important question. Are there too many cooks in the kitchen? Are there too many guys of different backgrounds that are going to have to learn each other and learn to work together over the next couple of months so that they can be one voice on one page, unified, 
as they instruct players as training camp starts in late July, as the preseason gets underway, and then, of course, the regular season. And I think that is, again, a more than fair question. There are people around the league that I've talked to that have concerns about this, not just fans, uh, because we've seen it not work. And there is a thing to it. And when you don't know somebody, and when you don't know how they're going to fit into your system and what you do and the culture that you're trying to build, sometimes it just doesn't work. And that's going to lead us to what we're also going to talk about next, which is Steve Wilkes is out as defensive coordinator with the San Francisco 49ers, and everyone's scratching their heads. But this is exactly this is exactly what we're trying to point out here and what people, some people around the NFL are concerned about is that there's again too many chefs in the kitchen. And in this particular case with Steve Wilkes and the 49ers, there was one guy who didn't fit in. And apparently it was Steve Wilkes. We're coming to you live from Commander's Park and Commander's Headquarters on this Thursday as we await the introductory press conferences of Offensive Coordinator Cliff Kingsbury and Defensive Coordinator Joe Witt Jr. We just gave you most of the official coaching staff for Dan Quinn. We'll tie it into what is going on in San Francisco with... um with Steve Wilkes, and we'll set that up when we return, and then we'll start knocking down your phone calls because, again, starting at 2.30, we'll have the introductory uh, press conference of the coordinators. If you want to hop in, it's 301-230-0980, 301-230-0980 if you want to weigh in on any part of the coaching staff. Uh, and, again, it's more than reasonable to have concerns. What I don't like, what I don't appreciate, what I just drives me crazy, and I'm just going to be honest with you, is when you guys look at one set of numbers or one number and say that guy can't coach, that's a bad hire because of this, with no context, with no layers, with no nothing. Because, again, we're going to tie this in with Wilkes. If you look at a certain set of numbers, Steve Wilkes did a great job this year. Steve Wilkes should be a head coaching candidate. Steve Wilkes should never have gotten fired from the San Francisco 49ers unless you actually dig a little bit deeper. And we'll have the details on that coming up next, right here on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. All right, good to have you with us as we continue along from right here at Commander's uh, Headquarters in Ashburn, Virginia. Again, we'll bring you the Cliff Kingsbury, Joe Witt Jr. Uh, press conference, introductory press conference coming up at 2.30 right here live. So you don't have to go anywhere. We can take your calls at 301-230-0980, 301-230-0980 on the Ace Law listener lines. In Iraq, Ace Law, I'll help you get a check. Call them at 8888-ACE-LAW. That's 8888-ACE-LAW. Call us at 301-230-0980. All right, so... Again, I wanted to tie in the official announcement of the new coaching staff with Dan Quinn. We just went down a bunch of the, you know, different new names and additions that we weren't really aware of. David Blau, the former Purdue quarterback, bounced around to a couple of NFL teams, was with Cliff in 2022 in Arizona. He's going to be the assistant quarterbacks coach. Randall Gay, uh, I'm sorry, William Gay, William Gay, uh, is going to be the, um, 
assistant uh, secondary coach, and, and so on and so forth. I mean, we don't have to spend a, a lot of time uh, on that, but I, I, ju- I just want to you know throw it out there and say it is what it is. Now, I will tell you this. At least a couple of people have hit me up around the NFL. Coaches, executives, people around the NFL that I talk to and keep in touch with, you know, uh, that keep their eye, keep their pulse on the NFL. And they say, hey, man, looks like DQ's assembled himself a heck of a staff. The only question they have at this point is not, let me repeat, not Bobby Johnson. Nobody has even mentioned that to me, right? Whether they're just not paying attention or not, I don't know. But in some cases, I've actually re- like responded, hey, what about this? What do you think about this? And I haven't gotten any bad blowback or feedback, right? Some people that I've talked to, at least one, mentioned, hey, you know what? think that might be a little bit overrated, a little bit overdone. There are greater issues in New York than Bobby Johnson and that offensive line. Okay? Just setting the stage. I think it is a more than reasonable and more than fair concern for all of you guys that hated the Carolina Commanders, that hated the so-called Commanders, right, and anything to do with somebody coming from Carolina and helping Ron Rivera on his staff. A lot of you hated it because it did not work. You loved it in year one in 2020 when the arrow was pointing up and John Matzkow was turning, you know, uh, the off, the former offensive line coach when he was basically uh, turning Swiss cheese into uh, Munster cheese, right? Uh, and, and, and Cornelius Lucas was uh, doing a pretty good job at left tackle, uh, asked to fill, so on and so forth, and things were on the way up. But then all of a sudden you guys hated it when things were on the way down. And y'all blamed coaches, and y'all blamed that uh, they came from Carolina, even though two out of the three coordinators that Ron Rivera hired and three out of the four, ultimately, that he hired, never had anything to do with Carolina. Never. But you guys hated it. For whatever reason you had, just like when Bruce Allen uh, and that regime would bring in somebody from Tampa Bay, it was, oh, well, because they coached in Tampa, that's why they're here. Nepotism. Right? Nobody says anything about Antonio Pierce hiring his son to join the Las Vegas Raiders coaching staff. Nobody's going to say anything about that. But here it was, well, Vincent Rivera's on the staff. So Ron Rivera, oh, sure, he's hiring all of his cronies, all of his buddies. Well, the reason why you do that is similar, similar to why when Bill Parcells would go to a new spot, be it New England, be it the Jets, be it the Dallas Cowboys, he would bring in guys like Brian Cox and others, okay, that he was familiar with because they were tone setters. They were culture setters. They knew how to practice with him. They knew how to endure Bill Parcells being a hard ass, and they could impart that to their teammates, right? There's familiarity. There is something to be said for that. Now, you have to be careful. You can't overdo it, right? But again, Ron Rivera got accused of many things, many of which are true. But I just always have contended that the one that kind of struck me a little bit odd and bothered me, quite honestly, on behalf of Ron, not on behalf of Ron, just to defend Ron a little bit and just to be fair, was this notion that every coach, every executive he brought in was from Carolina. And that just simply was not true. Scott Turner was. Jack Del Rio was not. They had never worked together. Nate Katzer was not. They had never worked together. Ron retained him and kept him his entire four years here. Okay? Martin Mayhew was not with Ron Rivera in Carolina. So this notion of nepotism or, again, the Carolina Commanders, just because a couple of, a a few, and and undoubtedly a few, obviously came over and things then went sour is not fair. 
Not fair. Now, obviously, there were pl- Marty Herney was in Carolina. I- I'm not denying that. Marty Herney was much more, I think, instrumental in Ron's ear, as I've tried to say all along, as I reported back when they hired both of these guys three years ago. And everyone laughed at me when I said, no, 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 they're bringing in two executives, and it's going to be Marty Herney and – it's going to be Martin Mayhew, and Marty Herney's kind of the real GM, but Martin Mayhew's got the GM title, okay? And that's kind of the way it played out. But I say that because, again, the criticism, I think, was a little bit unfair and unwarranted because you have to be on the same page as people. You have to have unified vision. You have to have a unified voice. You have to have people that respect each other. And even if they slightly disagree, they do it behind closed doors and they figure it out, right? Like a good marriage or a good relationship or a good boss-employee relationship, right? Not everything's got to come to the air. Like, not everything that CK tells me do I go and blurt on the air, Right, Because I have respect for him. He has respect for me, I think, I hope. Uh, and, you know, some things are private. And some things stay behind the scene. But, you know, you've got to present a unified image, a unified voice, a, a unified leadership and direction. So now you have a coaching staff. Now you have a coaching staff that has some guys on it that Dan Quinn just had in Dallas. Most notably, Joe Witt Jr., who we'll again hear from a year, uh, an hour from now at the press conference. Also, Sharif Floyd, the assistant defensive backs coach. Ken Norton Jr. was a linebackers coach way back with Seattle in the Legion of Boom when Dan Quinn was the offensive coordinator. So on and so forth, right? But you don't see an overly like, hey, Dan Quinn hired everybody from Dallas. Of course he did not. As a matter of fact, I know he did not. The record tells me that, and I know people that were very much interested in being here that for whatever reason it did not work out, okay? And Al Harris is one of those guys, the former cornerback uh, and who has been uh, coaching the secondary in Dallas, is not a part of this staff. And he came out on record before Dan Quinn even was a candidate for this job and said, I'm going wherever Dan Quinn is going. And he's not here. I don't know the exact reason. He's not here. He's not a part of this staff. I don't know if Dallas prevented him. I don't know. But Dan Quinn did not hire everyone from the Dallas Cowboys. He did not hire, as far as I can tell, and I haven't done everybody's background, I don't think he's done, I don't think he's hired anybody that I can remember that had a direct connection to him under the Atlanta Falcons with the exception of Joe Witt Jr., who again was with him for the last couple of games, the last year, 2020, and then went over to Dallas. I might be missing somebody, but I, I, I don't think I am. I don't think I am. But the greater point is, just because you have a staff that is compromised or uh, comprises all sorts of different backgrounds doesn't mean everybody is going to be on the same page and doesn't mean everybody is going to be able to be one voice unified and there's going to be one message to the players, one direction, one way of doing things, and everybody's going to agree. That can be good. That can be not good. And it's a more than reasonable concern to have of too many different backgrounds, of too much of an effort to be diversified. And I don't mean diversified in terms of the other way. I mean diversified in terms of backgrounds because guys have to work together. Just like teammates have to work together, offensive linemen have to work together in unison, defensive line, so do coaches. So it is a more than reasonable concern. As a matter of fact, I would say for me, it's a bigger question, bigger concern, and you guys aren't going to like this, then Bobby Johnson's higher because the Giants gave up 85 sacks last year. That's a bigger concern. All right, we'll get into the Steve Wilkes situation in just a wee little bit. 
Hang tight, and we'll get to you on the phones. Steve Wilkes, again, out as San Francisco 49ers defensive coordinator, uh, somewhat surprisingly, of course, after they were one play away from the Super Bowl. Details on that, what maybe went down uh, after the Super Bowl uh, in San Francisco. First, we give you a trending alert. All right, so we are here at Commander's Headquarters, again, awaiting Cliff Kingsbury and Joe Witt Jr., the new offensive and defensive coordinator, to meet the media. That will come your way at 2.30 today, and, of course, we will have continuing coverage. Now, as for the horrible tragedy that happened at the end of the Super Bowl parade in Kansas City that left one person dead, a female, 22 injured, according to the police chief, uh, the total number of victims is 23, uh, 23 rather, uh, again, including the one victim uh, that passed. Eight critically hurt, seven in serious uh, conditions. Apparently, the act and the mayhem was created uh, out of um, a, a, a dispute that happened at the actual parade uh, involving the shooters. That is what police are saying right now. Again, uh, some of the details still just coming in, so we will uh, bring you the very latest as we go along here. Meanwhile, Trey Smith of the Super Bowl champion uh, Kansas City Chiefs uh, was very outspoken on Twitter yesterday. He's also shared the Chiefs WWE E title belt with a young boy in the aftermath of the shooting uh, who was obviously very scared, as you could imagine. He told Good Morning America this morning, quote, I was thinking, what can I do to help him out? I just handed him the belt and said, hey, buddy, you're the champion. No one's going to hurt you, man. We've got your back. Awesome stuff there. And that's what's trending. Here on a Thursday, middle of February, we're coming to you live from Commander's Headquarters in Ashburn. Again, you will hear at 2.30, Cliff Kingsbury, Joe Witt Jr., and anyone else at the podium uh, here in command land. As the Commanders have officially finalized their first coaching staff under Dan Quinn, which we gave you some of the details on in the opening segment. Now, I wanted to tie this in and the reasonable, I think, reasonable concern of you know, as it's been described to me, uh, you know, by some too many, you know, uh, uh, what is it? Too many Indians, uh, not enough chiefs or whatever that statement is uh, that people use sometimes. I prefer uh, to use too many cooks in the kitchen, right, and too many different backgrounds. All of you hated the Carolina Commanders. And all of you hated the Commanders and Ron Rivera, even though, again, three out of the four, ultimately, offensive, uh, I should say, um, yeah, three um, – yeah, three out of the four com- uh, coordinators that Ron hired during his four years here had nothing to do, nothing to do with the Carolina Panthers and any past history with him. Again, nobody ever points this out except for your boy, okay? Uh, but everybody wants to harp on whatever narratives they have. So I think it is a more than reasonable concern that we sit here and say, hey, are there too many different backgrounds? Are there too many different people that have to get on the same page and, again, get that one message, that one voice, that one way of doing things? Uh, or are they going to be allowed to spread their wings and teach guys different ways based on their different backgrounds and based on not necessarily being directly associated or directly familiar with Dan Quinn and so on and so forth? Now, We bring this up, and I know I keep teasing this, but everybody is outraged over Steve Wilkes being fired as the defensive coordinator by Kyle Shanahan yesterday late afternoon. We addressed it. We got the breaking news in the 3 o'clock hour, but we were also dealing with the horrible shooting uh, in Kansas City as well, so we couldn't really go into it. And everybody's wondering, wait, wait, what? what? Huh? How is this possible? And I watched a bunch of the TV talk shows this morning, um, the national ones, most specifically First Take and Stephen A. Smith. And, yes, I did watch Skip Bayless's show. I forgot the name of it, whatever it is, First Things First, whatever. Doesn't matter, okay? Um, and everybody is trying to figure out what the hell Kyle Shanahan is doing and why can't Steve Wilkes catch a break. And let's start with this. Steve Wilkes is a good coach. Steve Wilkes 
has earned every opportunity that he's been given. I don't believe he's ever been given an opportunity for any other reason other than he's a good football coach. And ironically, he was Ron's right-hand man in Carolina. Okay? So let's just say that. So Steve Wilkes gets fired when the 49ers were one fourth down stop away from winning the Super Bowl. I have no idea if Steve Wilkes would have been fired anyway, either way. But based on what I'm about to tell you, it seems like he might have, even if they won the Super Bowl. And the reason for that is because while everybody is trying to figure out based on statistics, which is the dumbest thing I've ever heard, the dumbest thing I've ever heard, we can only quantify one's worth based on statistics, and yet everyone in my industry does it, and fans do it, and it is the most ridiculous of all absurd things in the world. You have to, you have to have context. You have to understand that there is layers to everything. So the San Francisco 49ers were great during the regular season, right? I mean, I can give you every number. I'm not going to sit here and give you every number. You know how good they were. They were really good during the regular season. But what have we said the entire playoff stretch? Why did we pick the Chiefs? What have we said after every 49ers game? What did we say after the 49ers were here in late December? And especially with Adam Peters coming across, that the San Francisco 49ers defense was not as good as the numbers, big picture, far and wide, would tell you. They were struggling. They were different. They had lost Hufunga on the back end. That was a huge loss. Then during the Super Bowl, obviously, they lose Dre Greenlaw. Then they're dealing with guys that are gassed, tired, what have you. Right? And you go overtime against arguably the greatest quarterback I guess, of all time, certainly the greatest quarterback now and maybe the greatest offensive mind of all time in Andy Reid, and you lose a game by three points. And everybody looks around and says, whoa, wait a second. How could Steve Wilkes get fired when the 49ers statistics are this, when they were one play away, a fourth down stop? Yes, they got gashed on it. Yes, they apparently weren't prepared for it, according to Bosa. And... How could this happen? And that's just like Ben Standig of The Athletic provided me this. I didn't see this until this morning, and I read it, and I was like, wow, I didn't even know some of this stuff. Tim Kawakami of The Athletic wrote about how Steve Wilkes was not a fit in the cover three Seattle-based scheme that the 49ers were trying to run. He hadn't run it. Um, And he was not a good fit. Now, I thought they did some of that in Carolina, uh, but that's what Kawakami, through his sources, are saying that he was not a fit and that he uh, was being brought in from the outside, which is clear, right? He wasn't a part of their coaching staff. He was totally brought in from the outside, and he didn't mesh with their coverage scheme, which was supposed to be his strength, defensive pass coverages and so on and so forth, that he didn't mesh with that, and he also didn't mesh and have – chemistry great chemistry with Nick Bosa and Fred Warner and maybe Eric Armstead and so on and so forth and Kyle Shanahan basically admitted that it was just a bad fit it just didn't work and apparently late in uh, I think it was um, I think it was in overtime but apparently Shanahan had to call a timeout to get the 49ers out of a defensive call that he hated and then had another linebacker, Oren Burks, who was playing a lot because, again, Greenlaw got hurt, that, according to Kawakami, was pinballed around the formation and anxiously looking towards the sideline before a critical third down snap that Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs ultimately connected on. Bosa came out and said the defense wasn't prepared well enough to defend Mahomes running the ball on two back-breaking plays, both of which happened on that um uh, you know, on, on that ultimate game winning drive, uh, in which Mahomes ripped up, I think it was 15 and 19 yards or whatever it was, uh, one on a direct quarterback pull and run and one on a scramble, uh, under pressure. And you have all of these things that go into the backdrop, the backstory as to why Steve Wilkes was fired. And yet there are people in our industry with big national platforms. And again, I didn't know why 
Steve Wilkes was fired, other than the only thing I could attribute it to was the 49er defense struggled down the stretch and was gassed on Sunday night. Gassed on Sunday night. And maybe the Chiefs were gassed too, but the 49ers were gassed because they were terrific at rushing the quarterback for the first three quarters and almost non-existent for the most part late in that game. Now, not on every play, but on a lot of plays. Uh, the story goes and says the 49ers simply have a very specific way of running their defense, initiated by Robert Sala, who's currently the Jets coach, in his three uh, years as the D.C., and then, of course, D'Amico Ryans, who was elevated from that same staff to replace Robert Sala. He was previously the linebackers coach uh, and then, uh, uh, of course, became the D.C. before he got the Houston job, right? And again, it goes back to the cover three scheme and so on and so forth, uh, that Wilkes had the authority, but no experience in the Seattle system. Again, I thought they played some of that cover three in Carolina. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't remember. But they wanted to keep the same coverage scheme that fits the roster that they built, right? You draft players based on the identity that you want to play on offense or defense defense and that's what you have and Steve Wilkes apparently didn't want to do it now Michael Lombardi came on the other day and said they need to play more man coverage well that's not what the 49ers apparently want to do and apparently that was a big problem with Steve Wilkes is that Steve Wilkes couldn't coach or couldn't mesh or couldn't gel for whatever reason not only with front seven players but also with their coverages on the back end and I'm not trying to make this too technical but here's the reason why it's important Again, they fired him not because he's a bad coach, not because he's a black coach, but because he wasn't a fit, because he wasn't on the same page with the coaching staff, because he wasn't on the same page as the players, because he wasn't on the same page as the front seven and then the back four or five or six, depending on coverages, didn't all match up, didn't gel, didn't mesh, and yet they were still Still, one play away from winning the Super Bowl. So again, keep this in mind, that not everybody gets a job or gets fired from a job because of statistics that any dumbass can look up on NFL GSIS or any other website in the world. Only people that are short-sighted, have no context, no vision beyond a narrow one-lane train, uh, one-lane road, only... Those people sit there and say, well, firing Steve Wilkes, that's stupid. That's dumb. Kyle Shanahan's an idiot. Uh, Kyle Shanahan has no reason to do this. Kyle Shanahan's an ego-driven maniac. No, 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 no. Apparently his players, his players did not gel. I don't, I don't want to go so far to say they hated him. Did not gel. With Steve Wilkes. Steve Wilkes apparently didn't mesh with the coaching staff, didn't mesh with his players, didn't mesh coverage, didn't mesh coverage with the front seven. There are things and layers here and nuance that goes far beyond, far beyond a stupid set of numbers. And that's what I will again bring you back to when everybody just throws, oh, the Giants gave up 85 sacks. The Giants gave up 85 sacks. So that automatically means that Bobby Johnson's a terrible offensive line coach. No, it doesn't. Well, the 49ers were top three in defense, so that automatically means Steve Wilkes did a great job. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. 301-230-0980, if you want to weigh in on the fairness or unfairness with some of the detail that I just gave you, again, provided by Tim Kawakami of The Athletic through our pal Ben Standing of The Athletic, please do so. Fair or unfair? One play away from the Super Bowl and now out of a job. And who knows if he's going to get, I'm sure, get a, a, a job somewhere on somebody's defense. It ain't going to be here. We know that. But somewhere on somebody's defense. And then again, marrying that with what we opened with, is there too many diverse backgrounds on this current and new commander's coaching staff, which is going to make it hard to gel with players and to present a unified, a unified way of doing things. That's why we're tying all of this together. You see, there's a master plan here. I think about these things, right? I don't know if I'm right, but I know what has been presented to me, concerns from people around the NFL, questions from around the NFL, and I thought, hmm, well, we have a situation here where Steve Wilkes, again, was one play, one play away, and he might have still gotten fired. 
I don't know if anybody asked Kyle Shanahan that. I don't know if Kyle Shanahan would answer that. But it seems like Kyle Shanahan was pissed and disappointed enough that he would have fired Steve Wilkes even if they had won the Super Bowl. Don't know that for sure. But that's the way, that's the way it comes across, at least in this piece by Kawakami of the Athletic, which I put on uh, Twitter earlier at WrestleMania, uh, six to one. And again, a hat tip, uh, to Ben Standig and, uh, to the reporting that was obviously done to kind of give us some context and some background. We'll knock down your calls next. 301-230-0980. I see my guy Sean in Cincinnati. Uh, we will get to him first up and we will get to you. 301-230-0980 on the Ace Law listener lines. If you want to weigh in via Twitter or X, it's at WrestleMania 621. We're at Commander's Headquarters in Ashburn awaiting Joe Witt Jr. and Cliff Kingsbury at the podium at 2.30. You'll hear it live right here on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. All right, now, coming up after 2 o'clock, uh, my t- Twitter timeline is just all over the place with... I blame you, and everyone tweeting me, I'm blaming you, I blame you, and I have no idea what the reason or what the context is, but I have a sneaking suspicion it's something that my pal J.P. Finley set me up for. So we will attempt to figure out the truth and what that's all about after 2 o'clock. But first, before 2 o'clock, right here on the Team 980, we go to our pal Sean in Cincinnati, uh, hanging out at Xavier University where he uh, applies his trade and wants to weigh in on the coaching hires. What's up, Sean? How are you, pal? Couldn't get in. Uh, I didn't have enough time to call in yesterday and – uh, hopefully get Linnell a little riled up, but I, I know. I oh, he was already, he was there. already riled up. Let's, let's just put yeah. it that way. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I think you bring up a good point. Um, but I, I will say, I just feel like, I, I don't know. Cause like, it's, it's, it's definitely good to think about it, but like all these other narratives that you can get sucked. I just feel like you could, no matter who you hire as a coaching staff, there's going to be something you can find a way to complain about. Like with, I'm not saying you in specifically. I'm just saying this fan base and right. people in general. Because um, like when the commanders and I, I, I didn't like that. And like I can see how you can. There's like you said. There's too many cooks in the kitchen. But that it didn't really cross my mind until you brought it up. I think it's a good point. But for me as a fan, who's um, and the older I get, the more I realize that it's you can't just blame the head coach just because it's easy to. Um, but I, I I just feel like no matter what coaching staff they put together, there's going to be something that like you can find to kind of pick at. Um, I just, I don't necessarily think that having too much experience, at least in my opinion, I I don't think it's going to be a problem. I, I actually think it's kind of refreshing to have several former head coaches and several guys with 20-plus years of experience Obviously, I have zero clue what it's like to be an NFL coaching staff, so I could be wrong. But as an outsider looking in, I definitely trust this staff. And I want to trust this staff more than I than – I, and just on paper, like I would be lying if I said I'm not excited and I, I don't – like I just feel like this staff is worlds ahead of the staff that Ron brought in. And I could be wrong, but that's just my opinion because – We've never – I can't remember a time when we've picked and choose several high-up coaches from winning organizations, and they've mm-hmm. all willingly and wanted to be here. So it's just refreshing that we, for once, it seems like we have the pick of the litter and we can get who we want. And I, like I said, it's, it's, it's really cool to have a bunch of former head coaches and a bunch of experienced guys and guys from – great organization. I think that right. assistant GM hire, I think what Lance Newmark, yep. I think that's his name. Yep. I thought, I thought that was a, I, I think that's that a, a stroke hire. of genius. Yep. Um, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and, 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 let, I, and let me said, let me be clear on, on the on the coaching staff thing, Sean. Just for a second, I'm not I'm not saying that this is a bad. I, I think it's a good staff. I gave it a B to a B minus yeah. yesterday. Whatever. Uh, maybe I'm maybe a little bit lower than what it seems like most people are. 
but but that's yeah. that's okay. We all have reasonable differences and opinions and whatever. Yeah. There is no doubt that this is a better coaching staff right now on paper, based on their experience, yeah. their backgrounds, the organizations that they're coming from, so on and so forth, than anything Ron Rivera put together. I, that that's not the argument for me. The argument yeah. for me is just be careful when we're stressing not to have too many. Oh, Dan. Uh, he of course Dan Quinn knew him in Dallas. So of course Dan Quinn knew him in Seattle. Yeah. Of course Dan Quinn knew him in Atlanta. Um, I just say just be careful because that is one thing that can happen is that you have, again, too many cooks in the kitchen and not one unified voice or one unified message or one unified technique or way of delivery. And, again, we see it in San Francisco where they take an outsider, put them on the inside of a tight-knit group, and it just doesn't yeah. mesh and it doesn't roll. Uh, you yeah. know, it doesn't it doesn't always work out, right? Even though you can have yeah. some statistical success. Yeah. And just to finish up, I think, I think that's a great point. I just, I, I'm going to kind of harp on what you're just saying. I just feel like as fans right now, I wholeheartedly agree with you that we can't, like, it's just not great to let, uh, let each other or ourselves get sucked into these different things and either doom ourselves or doom the team because we don't like this or proclaim ourselves. Pro, excuse me, put, oh my gosh, proclaim ourselves uh, <laughs> champions already. I just think right now as fans, we just need to take a deep breath, uh, relax, look at the experience guys we're getting in. And just, honestly, I know it's hard, and it's hard for me to even say this, I and mean, this is a very foreign thing to Washington fans for the last 25 years, but just be excited and right. have and have hope and don't, draw these super big conclusions just because this specific no mood doesn't, doesn't rub you the wrong way. No doubt. Right, yeah, no doubt. Thank you, Sean. Appreciate day. it. Uh, we've got to let you run. Two o'clock is here. We're at Command Land in Ashburn. i got Joe Witt Jr. and Cliff Kingsbury to meet the media. You'll hear it live in 2.30 right here on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.